time for the Heritage Man series. My name is Kojo Boateng, and my guest this morning is an affiliate of the Institute of African Studies at the University of Ghana, Lagon. Uh, he used to be a journalist. He loves history. His name is Kweku Dako Ankara. Kweku, good morning, and welcome morning. to the Heritage Man series. Good morning. I hope you are great. Good to see you again. Yeah, I'm doing fine. What have you been up to, Kweku? Oh, I'm, I'm around. You're around. You're around doing yeah. what? Oh, I've been, I'm working on a book project, which will come out very soon. You're working on a book project, which will come yeah, out very soon. Yeah. What's the project about? It's about the uh, Akan names and their meanings. Akan names and their meanings. Yeah. You know, I've been wondering what all my names mean. Um, for Kojo, I know it's because I was born on a mm-hmm. Monday. So, Kojo, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I even wished somebody could explain how we came about mm-hmm. that name, Kojo, for mm-hmm. Mondays. Whether it denotes or means something special aside the fact that we know that Kojo is Monday Kobna is Tuesday Koku is Wednesday I would also wish to know what Akoto means and then what Boating means so maybe going forward uh, once you release that book we'll get to know what our names really mean and the origins of our names how difficult is it to 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 work on a book like this like yeah, what it is is that you have to, you know, go back to the people who are the repositors of this knowledge, especially the chiefs in the traditional areas, the Ebushapenin, and some people who are reservoir of uh, traditional knowledge and uh, in the indigenous knowledge system. So, if you go to some of the communities, there are some elderly men who have this uh, profession of moving from one community to other, and then they name children, and as a result, they have acquired a skills of knowing names and their appellations as well as what we call the strong names and so on. Mm-hmm. And so when they are naming a child, if they say Kojo, mm-hmm. they will say oh, let's say Kojo Ajo because Kojo's day is on Monday. Jwada. And Jwada. Then Monday is uh, in terms of the Asian days, it's been uh, the moon. The moon is supposed to be the planetary body that Kojo's are supposed to, you know, be affiliated to. Okay. So that's why we call Kojo. So the name is Ajo. That's why you see uh, a male name is Kojo, then the female is Ajua, so you see Jojo. It, it signifies as the moon. Mm. So Kojo people are people who are normally calm because of the moon. So they attitudinally, they are calm, but they are very hardworking, and they are people we cannot take for granted, like the way the moon is. And they are very fertile because moon is about fertility. Yeah. yeah. You know, all the things you said about Kojo, they are all true, but, but the calm bit... Yeah, I am not calm. The, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, naturally, anyone who sees you knows you are calm. I see. Yeah, your demeanor, but bring it on. Then you can show what is what, what you also have in you. I think I personally took the bit of of, of the moon during the high tide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it could be, but and there are certain calm. exceptions okay. to the name because apart from Monday being your name, then you also have the Akoto side, yeah. who is a warrior, one who will never stop fighting until the fight has ended. Okay, you see the thing. So that is Akoto. He's a he's a mighty warrior, and if you look at the appellation, you understand how great Akoto is. So I am Kojo Awajo. Mm-hmm. But still a mighty warrior. He's a mighty warrior. Calm, because of but that. if you push, he will give it to you. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Quite interesting. We'll be talking about the names uh, a lot more uh, in the coming days here on the Heritage Man series. But talking about names, I've been wondering how we got names like the Gold Coast. We got names like Ghana. Why were we called Gold Coast? Why? 
are we called Ghana? Some people have said that, well, um, we are Gold Coast because when the Europeans came, they saw gold dust and gold pellets on our beaches and they named us Gold Coast. I don't know how true all these things are. How did Ghana, the Gold Coast then, become Gold Coast? And how did we become Ghana? Okay, so what happened was that um, during the era of uh, exploration, the British, uh, uh, the Europeans started coming to Africa and they wanted to find a new trade route. And so the Portuguese were the first people to come to the West African area. And we have the uh, the first Portuguese ship that landed in Yabio in 1471. Uh, uh, the ship captains were Santarum and uh, the other guy there were two apparently uh Santander and escobar so when they landed in yavio apparently according to the story by uh, historian ellis when they landed they found gold particles in the under the coast so in, in the gold uh, because of that they shouted in the portuguese language amina okay which is something about gold so that area all were then refers to like amina coast and elmina which is the present day edna township in cape mm-hmm. coast took that name so by that amina Mina, where we are talking about the Gold Coast in that particular area, was later stretched across the other developing areas across the coast. So from Elmina, the name actually, Amina, the name actually spread across. So when the Portuguese went, the Swedish came, and then the Dutch came, and later when the Dutch sold their properties to the British, okay, in around the 1650s, uh, 1750s, sorry, what happened was that the uh, the British then translated the Portuguese meaning of the Mina coast to English, which became the Gold Coast. So, so, so the sighting of gold pellets and the name given to it by the Portuguese um, grew on the town and it was adopted for the whole territory, the territory. later on. But yeah. but have we established that historically there was mining activity going on in Almina? Yeah, it is not that historically. Um, if, if you look critically back in the day, um, mining activities has been around the coast. There are some coastal towns that have had some evidence of gold production before it moved further because it took so many years from 1471 up to 1800s. It's a long time. Yeah. So if there has been mining around the coast, then if they are able to take as much as they want, it keeps on moving to the interiors. So even recently, if you quite remember, there was some uh, issue of gold that were found around the Elmina Castle, which the government had to go in and actually find out how much deposit it was there. But it wasn't that much. Mm. So these are some of the evidence that shows that probably in the past, there may have been that uh, 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 gold particles or gold production around the coast. This is the Heritage Man series. My name is Kojo Boating. For the purposes of the Heritage Month, I'm adding Nana to it. Uh, Nana Kojo Boating. And my guest this morning is Kweku Dako Ankara. And we are talking about names, um, how the name Gold Coast was arrived at, and how our beloved country, Ghana, got its name, Ghana. So, 1957, 6th of March, Ghana gained independence. It is said that somewhere in 1947, some other person had declared independence for Ghana. And then, the name changed from Gold Coast to Ghana. How did we get here? Okay, the history of how we got the name Gold Coast is was a process. Apparently, in 1896, a man called uh, J.B. Anaman wrote a first book, an almanac, which was like a guide about events that were happening in Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. So, J.B. Anaman in 1896 Gold Coast Guide explained that if you look at the behavior of the accounts in general and our history 
of my migration it points to a place in the mali area called dinawi and that he was talking about old ghana empire so for him if there is any place we the Akans or the people of the coast then known as gold coast came from for him he pointed it out that we came from the old ghana empire that was a job that jb anaman did and as a result the members of the aborigines rights protection society as well as the uh the gun fronting movement within the aborigines protection society they decided to appropriate that values so much that um george kuntu blankson would name his son oman ghana okay back in the day and this is uh, uh, what's the name blankson was somebody who whose wife was also coming from Achime Buakwa, no Fuyate sister, okay? And so, he, he mar- that son was called Omangana. This was to show you that even at that time, the consciousness of where we come from and the idea of a new nation was in the mind's eye of some people that in the near future, when the self-government become a reality, they will also go for the name Ghana. So, so they had agreed or they were... They have not they agreed at that time. But, but, but they were pushing for the adoption of a name called Ghana or a name like Ghana even before independence even before independence so this is the early attempt at bringing out the idea of Ghana for a group of people mm. which was initiated by JB Anaman in his Gold Coast Guide of 1896 then after the Anaman in 19 19- Ten, uh, Lady Lugard, okay, the wife of uh, Lord Lugard, also write a book, wrote a book on uh, tro- uh, West Africans of the tropical area. And among the coastal people of Gold Coast, he said that if you look at them, that comes in general, they look like they also come from a place called uh, uh, Ghana, Old Ghana Empire. So this argument was to confirm what Anaman had earlier mentioned in his 1896 Gold Coast Guide. So after her argument, then Jedi Fage in 1925 also tried to make similar argument about the Gold Coast's origins from the old Ghana Empire. Then, Dr. J.B. Dankwa, in his handbook to the young men of Achime Buakwa, okay, which came later in the 1930s, he also made the same argument that whatever all these people have argued, they are in line. And everything shows that the Gold Coast Akans actually migrated from the old Ghana Empire. Hmm. So that was the argument that J.B. Dankwa actually spearheaded from that period until our independence. So the argument becomes so critical that in the later years into our independence, J.B. Danko wrote three articles in the Daily Graphic arguing why Ghana, if we get independence, we should be named Ghana. That's Gold Coast. Should be named Ghana. And he received a lot of critical oppositions from other Ghanaians who felt that Ghanaian name is also alien to us and that we should maintain Gold Coast. So when there was these two schools of thought, those who went for the new name Ghana and those who went for the old Gold Coast to remain. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you if you see the political players at the time, they have already made up their mind mm-hmm. that they want Ghana. So as far back as 1952 up to 54, people were forming political parties with the name Ghana. Obetebilamte Emmanuel, Obetebilamte's party was a national, a Ghana National Party, GNP. Before independence, yes. before the name Ghana had been officially adopted. Officially adopted. His okay. party in 1952 was Ghana National Party. You have Ghana Action Party 
party by Dr. Ansakoi, his party, Ghana Action Party, was there in 54. You also have Buzia's own party, which is Ghana Congress Party. You see the thing? So we have not yet even gone to 56 or 55, 56, 57. Yet in 1954, political parties have already what? Assumed the name Ghana. That should tell you that in the man's eye of our political elite, they have already made up their mind that as soon as independence becomes a reality, there will be a name change and that they will go for Ghana. So the politicians or the political groupings, they favored the name Ghana. They, they did. And some of them oppose the name Ghana. The opposition mainly came from certain academics and individual Ghanaians who wrote series of uh, letters to the editors, mm -hmm. rebutting some of the argument that J.B. Dankwa and others who were the proponents of the idea of that Ghana should be what? Uh, Gold Coast should be named Ghana after independence. They were like, um, Gold Coast is what we have all known to be mm -hmm. and that we wanted it to be like that because there's blessing. So they also came out of counter arguments that defend the Gold Coast uh, maintenance instead of going for a new name, Ghana. When when the conversation about adopting the name Ghana was being had, had all the territories been put together as we have it now? Because I remember there was the Gold Coast Territory and then Ashanti Territory came along, Transvolta Togoland, and then the Northern Territory was added. When, 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 when the push was being made, had we consolidated the geographical territories into one block as we know for Ghana now? Or negotiations or conversations or, or, or plans were still being had to bring all of them uh, aboard the new vision, which we see today. Yeah, that's very good. Because um, in answer to that question, what happened was that the adoption of the name Ghana was a process. Okay. And that process was in line with the political process towards independence. Mm -hmm. So if you if we, uh, we study Ghana history, we realize that the idea of Ghana emerging forcefully into the national consciousness started in 54. Because if... If we look from the 34th, uh, that is the period of protest nationalism, to the 47 when we first had our uh, radical socialism. At that time, 1946 Alabama's constitution, for example, did not add the Northern Territories. Okay. What it did was to add the Ashanti Territories in terms of legislative unity with that of the Coastal Gold Coast. Okay. For the first time. So that is what made the Gold Coasters to argue that the Alabama's constitution was outmoded at birth because it did not take into consideration the people of the Northern Territory. So, Kuse Constitutional Reform apparently added the Northern Territories into it. That is why in 1951 elections, the Northern Territories were added in the 51 elections. Okay? Then also, um, Van Leer Constitution for 1954 elections. Also, again, re-echoed what Kuse Constitutional Reform did and the Northerners were in. So, from there on, we have the Northern Territories in, we have the Ashanti in, we have the Gold Coast proper, also already there. Now, there was one out, which is the Transvolta to Goland. And something ought to be done. So, the plebiscite was settled for 1956. And in 1956, they voted overwhelmingly to join the Gold Coast. Mm. So, after the plebiscite, then the renewed renewed agitation okay or campaign for adoption of the name ghana was reactivated okay so you see from that's why Dankwest uh, articles for uh, uh, adoption of the name ghana were all around the late 56 up to the early 1957 mm. because we're moving towards independence you've mentioned lady lugard the wife of lord lugard you mentioned a name earlier uh, jb anaman jb anaman 
are proposing that we go, uh, we adopt the name Ghana. So JB Anaman started. Um, Lord Lugard's wife, Lady Lugard, joined him. And around 1956, Dankwa um, actively wrote. Um, he, he started from 1930s in his book. Dankwa started from the 1950s in his book, uh, the Handbook of the Young Men of Africa. But, but, but in 1956, he he amplified the sort of yeah and wrote, up to 57 and and wrote a lot of articles for the Daily Graphic too. Yeah. So so aside these three figures you've mentioned, which other people um 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 really moved for the adoption of the name Ghana? The people who were born around that time, mm. they were automatic Pan-Africanists. Okay. Because to fight against colonial regime, you must believe in the African personality, uh-huh. our capability, and our ability to change our own destiny. So most of the people who were born from the period of 1900s up to the 50s were people who were automatically Pan-Africanists. So from the 1900s, uh, occurrences like the Yasantua War had happened, right? Uh, they have all and, and, and so all those things and other things culminated in people becoming more aware of the nationalist movement. Of course. And, and so from that time onwards, people were just really aware and pushing for this to be done. Yeah. I see. But the, the, it was slow. And you see, when you start something, it must first start with an idea. And that idea is what we talk about, the national consciousness or what we call the plaintive nationalism mm-hmm. or cultural nationalism. Yeah. Where we talk about who we are, our identity. So when we start that, then it crystallized into a movement. And that movement is the what we call the protest nationalism or the proto-nationalism. Where for of pressure, political pressure groups and what have you, to push that idea. Then when it reached its crescendo, it, that is what we call the radical nationalism, yeah. which started with the formation of the UGCC in 1947. Then eventually, uh, CPP also coming in and all other political parties. So then it has reached its apogee and the move is towards independence. So that is how it started. And within all this, the people were trying to be identified as people. They have known themselves to be Gold Coasters. Now, the old Gold Coast has also brought in Ashanti territories to join the, the old Gold Coast yep. because they were not part of the old Gold Coast. Then you have the Northern Territories who who was also seen as a, a protectorate of their own with different rules and regulations and what have you, which was quite different from. So when the Southern Gold Coasters were having their legislative council and voted people from Sekendi, Takrade, um, Accra, and Cape Coast, they were not bringing. When chiefs were represented from the Eastern Province, Western Province, and Central Province, they were not in. And as I said, Ashanti came in even in 1946 with their first representatives. Okay, Edward Asafaje. Yeah. Okay, them's coming in and so on. So what I'm trying to say is that it was a process, and that process, when it was getting into the independence, what the Gold Coast did that the new nation must have a new identity, mm-hmm. identity which has no um, traces of the colonial vestiges. Okay. Okay. And so that's what they were trying to do to bring in as a new group of people a new African something authentically African so old Ghana empire which was a very successful empire and for which there has been some evidence that the migration of the Akans probably was the movement from the Futajalon area mm-hmm. to Timbuktu mm-hmm. and this were the territory that actually was the old Ghana empire okay. and so therefore if we want a new name then we must aspire to authentically African kingdom a name which is ours yes a and so which 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 really defines us defines us so they went for the old ghana empire and i think it was a good choice great this is the heritage month series i'm talking to 
to Kweku Dakwankra. Kweku is an associate of the Institute of African Studies. Former journalist, I believe he's still a journalist though, because once a soldier, always a soldier. And we are talking about how we got the names Gold Coast, how we arrived at the name Ghana, and it's also revealing a lot of things. Sometimes when when you decide to probe into item A, the stories would reveal other things that 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 will lead you into understanding item A. And in, in understanding the name Gold Coast and Ghana, a lot has been said that um, um, the Portuguese found gold pellets. There was some mining done in Omina and along the coast. Um, in the 1940s, Ashanti territory joined the Gold Coast territory. Then the plebiscite in 1956 added Transvota Togoland to um, the Gold Coast territory. That was after the World War and the Germans had lost control of their um, territories within Africa. And then also the Northern Territory was added to Ashanti Gold Coast, which is the coastal territory, and then Transvota to Togoland to make the current Ghana. Now the name Gold Coast was um, was was an European name given to the land or the territory they found. The Pan-Africanists then, or the Gold Coasters, who yearned to have a unique African authentic identity for themselves settled for the name Ghana and they settled for the name Ghana because they traced our migration patterns from the old Ghana empire which was in present day Mali if I get if 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 if, if, if I'm getting it right quick I'm getting it yeah. right right the old Ghana empire was in present day Mali yeah they traced the, the migratory pattern and decided that let's settle for a name which is uniquely ours because we came from the Ghana empire but when they settled on that name when we were making that decision what was the Ghana empire Oh, Ghana Empire has fallen long time ago. <laughs> had fallen long time ago. We're talking about AD there about. It is it is way back. Um mm -hmm. there's something I need to make clear. Mm -hmm. Um I talk about some territories joining Ghana. There there are two things here. Mm -hmm. In terms of politically, Gold Coast as a, a colony mm -hmm. was actually uh, occasioned in 1874, okay? That is the Gold Coast from Axim up to Aflao, mm -hmm. Denu area, yeah. including the Vedome areas up to Aono, through Kowu, through um, Achim, Wasa, and all those areas back, they were all part of the 1874 uh, Gold Coast colony, excluding Ashanti. Okay. Okay. So in uh, 1890s, there about all those places through series of treaties, some of those treaties, they also came to join. Accra was also part of it. So what happened was that in 1899, there was a war, a, a, a move towards war, which culminated in 1900 between the Ashantis and the British authorities. And in that war, Ashantis were defeated. So in 1902, the Ashanti territory became a political territory of the British. Of the British. And it was administrated differently. Mm. Okay? And also the Northern Territories have also become part of Gokos territories in the 1898-1899 to 1900 through various series of treaties that uh, George Ekin Ferguson went to sign with them. Are you getting the point? Yeah. So that was so the northern territories were even part of Gokos territory before Ashanti. Mm. You get the point. Yeah. So, but in terms of legislative arrangement, representing your people with laws and regulations or what we now call parliament. The northern territories were not part of it. The Ashanti territories were not part of it. For them to join the legislative assembly uh, uh, council of the Gold Coast, it happened in 1946. That is what I said. Alamban's constitution established that. For, for the first time, we have legislative unity between the Ashanti territory and the Gold Coast territory. Then the northern territories also came into that arrangement per the course 
Universal Constitutional Reforms of 1947, mm -hmm. which make it imperative that in the 1952 elections, the Northern Territories will be part of it. So the Northern Territories became part of the Gold Coast Legislative Assembly. They changed the name from Legislative Council to Assembly. Mm -hmm. So they joined in 1952, following the elections of 1952, which the CPP won, and Nkrumah became the first Prime Minister. Mm. You've mentioned um, three prominent people in the in, in, in the fight for uh, the adoption of the name Gold Coast, and all the political groupings and the Pan-Africanists who felt that we should, we should, we should, we should adopt the name Gold Coast. Nkrumah became Prime Minister in 1952. You've not mentioned him. Is it that he wasn't keen on the name uh, Ghana or he, 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 he just didn't care whether we, we use the name Gold Coast or Ghana? Because you've not really mentioned him. Is, is, is it not recorded his his, his, his input in, in, in the adoption of the name? Uh, what I'm trying to say is that um, I... I'm speaking from the intellectual point of view. Okay. People who wrote books and advocated for that. Okay. So that is where we get the records. Mm -hmm. Because when you write about it, then you make a push for it. Mm. Like I said, someone like George Kuntu Blankson, he didn't write a book, but he found what Anaman wrote to be so exciting and so right that he decided to name his own son after, uh, after Ghana. When we don't even have an idea of self-government yet. You see, so I, I, as I said, it was something that was developing and it crystallized into that action, which got translated in the 1957 when we had independence. And Nkrumah declared. And Nkrumah Ghana. declared. The yeah. thing is that Nkrumah believed in the idea of Ghana and he did not have to, the, nowhere did Nkrumah stand anywhere to oppose the idea of Ghana. He was all for it. And if you go back to the 1956, uh, when he, he came out with the independence bill that he said he was going to come, he said we are going to be Ghana, uh, we are going to have independence in system March and we are going to be called Ghana. It is, it, it I have the newspaper publication of Daily Graphic that Nkrumah made that statement and I can show it to you anytime you have opportunity. So Nkrumah believed in it as far as as, as far back as 56 Nkrumah was talking about it. I see. So it, they all believe in it. That's what I I, I told you. This way Nkrumah himself was first class uh, uh, Pan-Africanist. Mm. He believed in everything African. So such an idea, he believed in what Danko was saying. There was no qualms at all. Mm. Interesting stuff. Heritage Month on uh, 97.3 CTFM. Uh, talking to Kuku Dakwankra. Always a pleasure talking to him uh, to get a deeper understanding of uh, where we've been to, where we are, to inspire where we are going. And this man, maybe one day we have to talk about how you come about getting all the information you get. And, and, and because you've showed me newspaper publications from as far back as the 1800s um, of things that happened in the country, industry, personalities, politics, and all, all that. And, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting, the wealth of knowledge and, and, and the information that you've gathered. So I know that now we have new regions, and these new regions are backed by law. And to change the names, you must back it by a legislative instrument of sorts. So the transition from Gold Coast to Ghana was backed by the independence bill that you just mentioned that Nkrumah prepared in 1956. Yeah. And after the passage of that bill, automatically the name Gold Coast became Ghana. Was, was that the process? Absolutely. Amazing stuff. Absolutely. At long last, the battle has ended and Ghana, our beloved country, is free forever. It's been great talking to you, Kukuda Kwankra, enlightening us about the names Gold Coast and Ghana. This has been the Heritage Man series. My name is Nana Kojo Boating and I've been here with Kweku Dako Ankra. Are there any last apo you want to give us to take home? No, <laughs> it's okay. You know, you know, in school sometimes when the teachers finish teaching, they say, mm -hmm. but wait, this is the last apo and they'll write it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but the, the only thing uh, sometimes happens in Ghana is that when political actors come into interpretation of history, mm-hmm. then things get murkier because people want to appropriate certain history For and deny some. Yeah. So in this whole issue, somebody will say, oh, I, it is not Dankwa who even started it. Mm-hmm. Then they want to take it so that they will derail the effort of Dankwa or that sort of thing. Or it is not Nkrumah who even bring, brought the name. That is not necessary. The good thing is that if you look critically or if you read some of J.B. Danquist's letters and you see the kind of cordial relationship he had with Nkrumah, it will marvel you. There were people who have an idea of independence Ghana. But the way to achieve the independence is where they had differences. <laughs> Which way to go? Someone wants unitary form, somebody wants federal form. At the end of the day, the idea of our collectiveness as people was in their mind's side, something they intend to achieve. And so when it comes to a name like Ghana, as I said, Dankwa had that in his mind because he had been a member of Aborigines Right Protection Society who have this idea grounded in that society. So he, Dankwa, as a member of that person, when he became, an, when he, as an intellectual, when he wrote that his book, he made sure to argue about our origins to Ghana. Though historically, some people disagree because there are some various uh, uh, angles that some people also came into this country, mm-hmm. like the Gans, like the Airways, and so on. Not everybody came strictly from that uh, that area. Yeah. I get the point. Yeah. So whichever way it is, Ghana is the, what the original southern Gold Coasters feel they came from, mm-hmm. or the Akans in general, who, who were the predominant ethnic group. And that argument actually was bought by all the colonial uh, 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 the colonial politicians mm-hmm. okay who were fighting for Ghana independence so that is why we could see it in the political parties that were gunning for independence especially from 56 uh, 54 then 56 why would Gold Coast as a as a colonial territory which does not have independence have eight politicians naming their political parties after a country which is not yet born mm-hmm. doesn't it actually gives you a reason to question why. Why should Emmanuel uh, uh, Bechebilamte says Ghana National Party in 1954? Why should J.B. Dankwa Ghana Congress Party in 1954? Why should Dr. Uh, Ansakwe come out with Ghana Action Party in 1954? This will tell you that all these political actors have an idea of what the kind of country they have in their mind's eye. This is great, Kwekuda Kwankra. Thank you very much for joining us for this edition of the Heritage Month. My name is Kojo Boateng. There's a lot more coming your way in this month.